Hey, Fladvocates, are you ready? Flow Designer has several new features in the San Diego release, and I've got a product manager making another appearance to tell us all about it in this episode of Breakpoint. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and curious individuals. And of course, I always say that with the utmost love and respect. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. In this episode, I've got returning guest, principal product manager, Brian Bimschlager. How are you, Brian? Hey, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, excited to join you on Breakpoint again. And thanks for having me on. Yes, we haven't spoken since November of 2020. Poo. It seems like just a few episodes ago, <laughs> we were talking about the Paris features of Flow Designer. And for those who might have missed that one or joined afterwards, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I joined uh, ServiceNow in May of 2020. And before then, I had background in uh, UX and working on ad consultancies with a focus in low code and no code builders. So, you know, working on things like Flow Designer and you know, in other episodes, you talked about process automation designer. Mm -hmm. uh, those type of tools are things I've been working on for a long time. So I'm really excited to be working on them at ServiceNow. Uh, when I joined, I was PM for uh, Flow Designer and Process Automation Designer. And recently, I've had some opportunity to work on some new secret automation builder projects. Maybe we'll get to them breakpoint next year. Ooh. Well, you know, we do have a segment towards the end about what's on the roadmap. We don't have to tell everybody yeah, when it's yeah. coming, but <laughs> stuff we're thinking about. There's a teaser for the rest of the show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hang, hang in suspense for about 20 minutes. <laughs> Besides that, uh, my daughter just turned two. So she's kind of born and raised throughout, uh, you know, this whole pandemic work from home life. Oh, so my goodness. Yeah. So um, and I live down in San Diego, California. So we had a nice little birthday party for her outside. So that's, that's, that's how things are going on the life front outside of work. All right. You're missing all the snowstorms that are going around the country. <laughs> when you're not at work, aside from your daughter, any, any special hobbies or things we would like to know about? Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I kind of like to challenge myself at, at work and outside of work. So I kind of picked up a couple of hobbies that really make my brain go into to overdrive once the clock stops for work. And right around the time the pandemic hit, I decided to pick up Spanish. So I'm a, right about a 1,100 straight days on Duolingo. And you can, if you hunt a little bit, you can find me on there. Nice. And uh, I've been scratching my competitive itch by playing a lot of chess. And I'm happy to say I started playing before Queen's Game, but came on Netflix. So I was there <laughs> before the rush. I've been, I've been progressing from bad at chess to less bad at chess. And, and that's that's improvement for me. So <laughs> that is a game, much like software development, you never truly master. You just refine yeah. and learn certain points and go, all right, when's the next time yeah. I get to use that? I, I played a bit when I was a kid. So I know the concept, but I am nowhere near <laughs> understanding, you know, the, the different patterns and, and, mm. uh, I, so if you need a victim. Oh yeah. No, the, the goal of each game for me is to make fewer mistakes than the last time. And that, that's not always the case. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Cool. All right. Let's talk a little bit about flow designer and the new features in San Diego. How about we start with error handling? Yeah. So error handling is something that customers, 
users, internal, external, have been asking for for a long time uh, in Flow Designer. And in Rome, we introduced some really cool functionality where both on an action designer level and the flow level, you can start to be able to catch your errors whenever stuff happens. There's a whole section at the bottom of the form that says error handler. A whole whole section. Yeah. That's you cool. can't miss it, right? That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the idea there is something happened in your actions to cause a fatal error. Well, rather than just stopping and making somebody go back and look yeah. at the operation logs, we give you the option to, oh, put some actions down there and maybe open a case or send yeah. a notification or attempt some remediation steps. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, what we were seeing is people would be having flows, uh, maybe requesting something from a catalog, triggers a flow to go off and something goes wrong, you know, behind the scenes or some integration goes wrong and your flow errors out. And what we were seeing is these flows are in a state of error, but you know, admins or authors of the flow were never really notified that anything was wrong. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of customers develop really custom workaround patterns for detecting when things went wrong. Uh, so Rome introduced our ability to handle that detection and, and actually do something about it. But mm -hmm. if you've used that functionality in Rome, you know, once something goes wrong in your flow, you trigger your error handler block, and then your error handler block will complete, and then your flow's done. That, that's okay. You know, it, it solves for a very specific subset, like running a remediation subflow or notifying someone that something went wrong. But what we found is sometimes if something goes wrong in your flow, you don't want to end your flow in the error handler section. Maybe you want to listen for a very particular action to go wrong and, and handle it right in the context of your flow so you can keep moving. Um, so we're introducing a new piece of logic in San Diego called Try. And if you're familiar you know, in the programming world or you're familiar with code a little bit, it's your classic try-catch that you can just drop right in the middle of your flow. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. And, you know, there are obviously a lot of use cases for it, but the ones that come to mind are anytime you build a custom integration or, uh, you know, you might be connecting to some external service with Integration Hub. And, you know, sometimes you call a system and, you know, your connection and credentials are out of date or, you know, the endpoint is wrong. You just get an error back. Well, maybe you want to handle that information quickly and then just continue with the rest of your flow. You don't want to have to you know, cancel your whole flow and restart the whole flow from the beginning. We add a little bit more precision in the San Diego release on the types of errors that you can listen for. And you can do both the try and the error handler block. It's not like one yeah. or the other. You can have multiple try blocks in there too, if you want. Yeah, you can have multiple sequential try blocks or if you, you can have them nested as well. Uh, so we... You know, as of the San Diego release, well, between Rome and San Diego, there's a lot of power and customizability and, and functionality in, in terms of proactively getting ahead of any errors that might occur within your flow. So if you want to take the time and you know what type of errors might pop up, there are a lot of different ways where you can gracefully continue or react to stuff that goes wrong. Nice. And speaking yeah. of the error handler block, I understand we also enhanced that with a few new features. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so some of the new things that we enabled are some new content that we can use in that error handler block. Such as? Well, we can now wait for a duration of time. So for example, something goes wrong in your flow, it triggers the error handler. You could start by saying, I want to wait for an hour before I actually fire this off to, to somebody. Oh. Uh, so not everything needs to be immediate. You know, maybe you wait for a 
dynamic amount of time with a data pill or, or something like that. But you send a notification that says this crashed. I'm resigning, but it gives you an hour to get down the highway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, the, the one that uh, we're, we think is really going to make a big difference is support for dynamic flow in your error handler section. Because now what you could do is, let, let's say you have a flow that goes wrong. Uh, you're, you're anticipating that something's going wrong. And depending on what went wrong, you might want to run a couple different subflows. Uh, maybe there's one to remediate, you know, uh, a request, another one to follow up with who created an incident, another mm -hmm. one to validate some data. Uh, with dynamic flow supported in our error handler section, you can kind of farm out the, the remediation or the follow-up action if you author it intelligently. Nice. Yeah, we're, we're pretty happy with that one. I understand we also have stages. So I know some people's error handlers yes. are getting much longer and stages are a nice way to break that up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when, when people are requesting you know, service catalog items, a lot of times they'll use stages to represent where that request is mm -hmm. in the process. You have to be able to communicate upwards to the requester. Uh, what we realized when we introduced error handling was, you know, error handling might not always be a bad thing. Maybe there's some default uh, default response for requested items. Maybe there's a way to, you know, depending on where the error occurred, we could still complete a, a catalog request. Um, so we wanted to build in that, that stages functionality where, you know, if you're creating something with stages, whether it's in your main flow or within your error handler, you can still report upwards to that requester where the request is. Um, so if you, if you use flows uh, to handle your catalog item requests or use stages within those, uh, this will be a pretty big feature for you if you are proactive with anticipating your errors. So tell us about save as template. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, this is one that I know our team is, is really excited about because, well, our, our team has been making a lot of these flow templates. And this was a little bit of building a tool to help ourselves as well as help our customers. Uh, so it goes back to Quebec, the Quebec release when App Engine Studio was released as a way to help you know, simplify the experience of building applications within ServiceNow. One of the key things that was a part of that release was including Flow Designer with App Engine Studio. Mm -hmm. And since we're trying to make that experience of building apps easier in App Engine Studio, we built a couple of flow templates that we included in the App Engine Studio release. Common things that you might not think about building, maybe like no sending a notification via Slack or Teams when some specific criteria is met, the default out-of-the-box approval flow that you can quickly customize based on a particular item or threshold, uh, and even you know syncing data between two services, like a when a new row is created in Excel, we're going to paste that same row into Sheets, Google Sheets. So you can take a template, make a flow out of it, and then re-template it and say, you know, I just need a couple things on there. Can you you make a template from a template? I suppose so. Because what, what we do is, you know, we offer a couple flow templates out of the box. Yep. And if you go into App Engine Studio and say, hey, I'm in Chuck's app. I clicked on create new automation. The first thing that's going to pop up is a list of available flow templates for you. Once you select one of those, you get a couple of inputs that might say like, hey, what's your table or what's your condition that you want to use for this mm -hmm. particular template? And then you click create and you have a brand new flow created. With this save as template option, you'll be able to take 
any flow that you create, whether it's from scratch or you build it from some other template, you'll be able to modify uh, modify it however you want. And you'll be able to define what the inputs you want to, to appear in that wizard when someone clicks on that template in uh, App Engine Studio. So this is really handy if you're in a, your own business unit or you're maybe you're in the HR department and there's one particular flow that you want your team to use as a as a reference whenever they're you know trying to create some sort of automation. If you're an admin, you can go in and say, hey, when a new record gets created on this table, we're going to send a message to Slack and we're going to do a log and we're going to update some record. Well, we have these things called template variables. We save as template so we can drop it in just like any other normal data pill in your trigger where you would normally enter your table. So when you publish this template out to the rest of your organization, someone clicks on your flow template, it's going to prompt them for that table name. If, if you work in an organization where you centralize some of your building, but you're slowly starting to increase the, the number of citizen developers that are starting to build with Flow Designer, Save as Template is going to be a great option to come up with a, a couple core models that your new Flow Designer users can build and extend off of, or quickly create flows that you know follow whatever guidance you want them to take. This is one of those features that I look at and go, why would I ever want to build another legacy workflow? This is just so much faster if I can have this library of templates, either me as a template creator or or me as a consumer of these templates just seems so much more logical and, and faster. So I'm, I'm not trying to belittle the work that was done on the legacy workflow. Great stuff. Lasted for years. People are still maintaining in it, but please don't create any new workflows using that. <laughs> it's that that yeah. that ship has sailed years ago, in my opinion. Oh, t- totally. And you know what's what's really cool about this feature from our team's perspective is if your organization is really going all in on on App Engine, App Engine Studio, and you're really encouraging lots of people to build out custom applications, you can kind of have some of your application developers build a couple templates that you know are going to be reused in any of your custom applications and your army of citizen developers who are building out their their new custom apps and their specific workspace they can just get up and running in in no time so it really it's a it's a tool to help speed up the rest of your teams and uh, we're really excited to see people adopt it do you need app engine and app engine studio to leverage the templates right now uh, you will be able to use this. Well, it's it's available via the store uh, in San Diego. I believe it comes out in May. So not sure when this episode releases. Okay. Uh, but you'll be able to... Safe Harbor, to, Safe Harbor, Safe Harbor, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll be able to use this feature uh, in App Engine Studio as well as standalone Flow Designer. Uh, but as of right now, of this current release, you'll only be able to use Flow Templates within... App Engine Studio. Okay. So initially App Engine Studio only, and then later we will be able to use it outside yeah. of App Engine Studio because there are a lot of people that love Flow Designer that may not have App Engine licensing yet. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things on our, our short list for our roadmap. You know, okay. Jumping ahead a couple sections is uh, what templates have been really popular with people that have been building custom applications. We, we want to expose that functionality to our users uh, that just use stick. Uh, flow designer outside of App Engine Studio. Awesome. And if you haven't read between the lines, there's also App Engine templates. 
coming. <laughs> so you can create your own app templates within AES, but different guests, different podcasts, different time. We'll get there. Uh, but the, everything you see that came out in App Engine Studio in Quebec was was pretty hand-built. <laughs> those those mm -hmm. templates were, were really rough, but the APIs and things just weren't exposed yet to do that. The, the plan was always, yeah. hey, we want to put this in the hands of our partners. We want to put this in the hands of our customers. Now that's becoming available. So, Yeah, exactly. And there's all sorts of template stuff on the roadmap. I'm not sure how much I can in detail but we have uh, big 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 plans <laughs> we'll get to the road we'll get to the roadmap topic yeah. <laughs> in a second we've got one more big shiny that i yes. am just salivating over to try and see because as of we as of this recording i haven't got my hands on it yet so tell us about flow diagrammer yeah this is this is one of our team's most exciting features that we've worked on since i've joined service now so about two years now um and really, ever since ServiceNow announced Flow Designer way back in London, Kingston, and whenever Kingston. that was, yep, yeah, uh, customers have been asking for a more visual way to view their automation. And some customers really, really enjoy that that workflow style layout, or they're just familiar with you know a boxes and arrows approach. Mm -hmm. We certainly believe strongly that for the initial audience of Flow Designer, which was you know, more of a developer audience that our kind of top-down natural language standard view uh, is a really good representation of how your flows work. But in the past few releases, ServiceNow has continued to focus on expanding access to uh, their, their tools and expanding, really increasing usability uh, to citizen developers and no-code users. And really to meet that evolving audience, we've continued to evaluate how we evolve our own tools. Uh, so after internal research, customer research, you know, exploring competitive market space, uh, we continued to find over and over again that our citizen developers and low no-code users, they really just expected uh, more of a flowchart representation. Diamonds for decisions and yeah, okay. Exactly. Isn't that interesting how old that format is, but yet it still prevails? Exactly. You know, you use a box for an action, you rotate it 45 degrees and it means a decision. And sometimes just everyone, everyone just gets it, you know? So we, we decided let's, let's not outthink ourselves. Uh, so we're implementing something very similar to that in, in flow designer as of the San Diego release. Uh, and we think our approach is pretty cool. We still follow uh, a top-down representation, much like we do in flow designer but we start to bring in some of that classic flowchart visualization with, with boxes and, and diamonds. Well, and words too. I mean, when you branch off of yes. one of the diamonds, the diamond says, if amount is less than 1000, it says yes and no on those branches. Like, oh, you know, yeah. anybody can get this. Well, you know, that was, it's so interesting because that was one of the biggest realizations we had after doing research with customers that were using the standard flow designer right now is really anytime there was a, an if, piece of logic or a, or a for each. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes people didn't know where they went after the if block concluded. Uh, because sometimes, you know, you have to infer that you're sure. going back to the parent branch or you don't always know when you're concluding the for loop. Um, so really one of our, our principles when we were designing uh, flow diagramming was the user of any technical ability should be able to place their finger on the start of the flow and trace it from a box to a line 
to the label all the way down until the end of the flow. And if we couldn't accomplish that, then we weren't doing our jobs. Uh, so whether it's by using super recognizable shapes, boxes, diamonds, circles, uh, to those in the flow, flow chart community, um, or connecting everything with a line, or as you mentioned before, we if there are multiple paths coming out of a box, we provide an explicit label on each of those lines. So you know exactly what happened or, or why you are going down that particular path. Um, we've really kind of defaulted to obviousness in, in how we approach this to really meet the new persona that we're going after. Uh, now, the next thing you might be asking, you know, we have all this excitement about our new diagramming view. We also know from our research that we have a lot of customers that really enjoy and, and appreciate the text-based top-down approach that we have right now. So we know those customers are gonna be asking, hey, you're introducing this new diagram way of viewing my flows. What's happening to the way that I know and love? Well, the good news is this is going to be something you can toggle between. So anytime you're in Flow Designer, we'll have a button that allows you to switch between your standard view that you know right now and your diagram view. Mm -hmm. And we built it in a way so all the data behind the scenes is syncing in real time. So if you make an edit on some action or enter some data in an input, in your diagram view and toggle back over to your standard view it's all your content's going to be there wait did uh, i just hear you say you can edit in the flow diagram review oh yeah we're going to be able to build flows as a diagram oh i thought it was just a view wow okay oh, no. that's yeah so if you want you can get to a you can uh well, in an upcoming release we'll have a preference to set you know your your sure default view for whether it's diagram or standard mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, if you go into flow designer and switch into diagram mode you can build a flow as a diagram from a, a blank canvas so start from nothing and add your boxes and arrows as you go uh, so in san diego we have a we support a limited amount of flow logic so i believe it's uh the ifs and the else's and for each and end Okay. And upcoming releases have uh, support from more of the advanced logic, like do the following until parallel, uh, things like that. But we support every action out of the box. I was going to ask that because I read, <laughs> I was going to yeah. ask that because somewhere in the docs, it says not everything supported in this release, which means, you know, we're going to have more coming out. And, yeah. and you yeah. hit the nail on the head. It's around the flow logic and the common ones are there. So excellent. Yeah. Now, I absolutely love the fact that you can do some debugging with this too. I think I saw in one of the videos where that an if and an else and both of them had an end flow, <laughs> which, oh. and, and then there was more on the main branch. If you were looking at that casually, you'd go, okay, my if didn't work, so it's going to go into the else. And you may not yeah. see those end flow actions and think, oh, everything below that's going to run, right? And it doesn't. In the flow diagramming view, it will say, this is a broken path. You will never get here, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to how we represent logic, uh, you know, it was it was ifs, it was for loops, it was the end logic. Um, over and over again, there was just the, it, it wasn't obvious what was happening when users added those into their flows. And anytime we've tested the new diagramming approach, it's someone flips over from standard to diagram view and they they instantly know what route their their flow is mm -hmm. taking when it ends you know they can begin to debug oh that didn't exactly work how i thought it 
did and they have the ability to update it in a diagram view as well. So it's, it's pretty cool. And there's not this nest of crossed wires like in the legacy workflow. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> I have to keep saying why. Why? Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. The team has added a lot since Flow Designer was first introduced, as we mentioned, back in Kingston, January of 2018, I think is when I first saw it, uh, in production anyway. Mm-hmm. what's on the roadmap for flow designer? You don't have to give any timelines or releases, but just what, yeah, are, you, what yeah. are you, what are you guys thinking about out there? Sure. Well, uh, we're pretty confident that flow designer is, is immensely powerful. Um, you know, we've been adding a ton of features and functionality and use cases and, and integrations for a long time now. Um, and as I mentioned before, we're really starting to uh, kind of meet the customer demand, which is, we need to make it easier for citizen developers or, or lower code users to be able to, to build stuff. Um, now, within Flow Designer right now, we have a, a couple things that we want to improve, and one of them is make it easier to, to give access to Flow Designer. Mm-hmm. Not sure, like it could you know, be really easy just to give the, you know, the Flow Designer role to somebody, but then you're giving out the keys to the kingdom. Um, so we're trying to find better ways to give like safe, secure access to very specific people within Flow Designer. And that can mean, you know, one particular role has access to a very specific subset of content. So someone in the HR department, we might only want to allow them to have, you know, a Workday and a Slack and a Teams integration and not allow them to have access with some other tools. And like it's functionality that exists right now with some things that we introduced in Paris and Quebec, but uh, by full admission, it's, it's difficult to set up correctly. So pretty powerful feature. Only a couple people know about it, and we're hoping to make it uh, radically easier to use so we can expand our flow designer audience to, to more people. Are we seeing the introduction of that with the um, feature access and, and content yes. filter? Because there's a new page called feature access list yep. that you can say, hey, I don't want everybody to, say, see the error handler. So you put a role on there, much like an ACL in a way, and say, these yeah. are the roles that can see that. And if there's no roles listed, then everybody has it by default. So is is that the first step in making this easier? Yeah, that's the first step. Uh, that's how we handle features, like what buttons show up or what you know if the error handler section shows up. Uh, we also have content access as well, where we can... Uh, gate what uh, integrations or what spokes or what actions your uh, particular role mm-hmm. has access to. But the configuration process, uh, it's, it's tough. You know, you got to know where to look. You got to configure things a very particular way. And we want to make it uh, quick to set up and make it so admins know exactly who has access to what. Uh, because that's really going to be the only way uh, people are going to be, you know, provide access to flow designer to you know lower tech users they want to admins will want to make sure hey we're not not giving them access to too many things <laughs> or things they shouldn't have access to so a uh, little bit of validation and speed of configuration is kind of there we've done some usability things in san diego one of my favorites is no more ginormously long data pill paths when you drag a data <laughs> pill in. We, you know, we, we truncate that and, and put in your know, trigger sure. dot, 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 and then eventually it says approval group. And if you want to see the whole 
big ginormous path, you hover over and it says trigger, business process record, caller ID, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually gets to approval group. So it, yeah. I, I love the usability enhancements. You're always looking at ways that we can make it cleaner, make it easier to understand. Right. What sort of ideas you got rolling around in your head on that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, some of the things that we're, we're focused on is, you know, this is a low-code builder. You know, we're mm-hmm. any, one of the ways our team thinks about it is we try and find opportunities where people have to use script for something and then develop features or functionality that reduce the need to use script for that. Um, and some of the ways that we've noticed people have to use script right now is when it comes to customizing some sort of data pill or customizing some some value uh, that they want for an input. So we've done a lot with transforms in recent releases, uh, including some basic math functionality, I, I believe in the Rome release that lets you do you know, basic add, subtract, multiply, divide, you know, stuff that you used to have to do uh, in script within Flow Designer. But we're looking to make that ability to kind of customize your, your data even easier whether that's an Excel-like syntax mm-hmm. or adding a, a custom value or perhaps extending data or uh, transforms so you can write your own or even making it so we could use data pills within our transform transforms. So for example, mm-hmm. right now, uh, if you were to use our basic math transforms, you have a data pill, you apply the add and you have to enter in an integer. Right. Well, w- what we'd like to do is say, hey, I have a data pill. I'm going to use the transform add and I'm going to add a different data pill. That's what it. I thought they should have been in the first place. I wanted to make a rolling <laughs> sum and I couldn't make a rolling sum. Going, Wait, uh, can I use a yeah. flow variable maybe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that type of reaction that you just had is exactly what, you know, excellent. The, the behavior that people are expecting is what we're trying to deliver. As we, as we get into that, you know, audience that's less familiar with writing their own JavaScript or they're not comfortable getting into a script editor, even to handle real real basic stuff. Uh, we want to surface that still deep functionality or that customizable functionality, but in a way that is comfortable and familiar to our, our expanding persona base. I know the pro advocates out there, the flow designer advocates, that's where I come from, <laughs> are probably saying, well, just, you know, open up the... Transform, open up the script box and do an FD data, blah, blah, blah. Open up the script box and it's just a line of JavaScript. It's like, well, that's great if you know, if you know JavaScript. Right. Just one line. That's a, that's a monumental effort to people who don't (laughs) write code. So we want to make this easy. And, and frankly, as somebody who does write code, uh, Brian, you're really, you're really changing the heart of an old timer here because (laughs) I'm I'm normally a script guy, but every time I go into flow design, I'm like, I don't have to write script. This is so much easier. And then I've, when I do go back and write script, I'm like, this is taking too long. Why does it just work the first time? What do you mean? I for, you know, it's an equals and not a colon. Come on. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, it's, um, it's interesting challenges on the flow designer team, uh, trying to, uh, bring, bring some kind of superpowers to people that don't have them yet You know, make, uh, make their lives a little bit easier when they're, making automations. And it's a kind of a never ending quest to make stuff simpler because there's always new things that'll pop up. But And and transforming the lives of us old crusty coders too, to, to start <laughs> thinking about no and low code ways to do this. It, it is faster. Yeah. It is easier to maintain. I can hand this off to somebody in, in two years and go, 
here or, or reread it myself in two years and understand what mm-hmm. my brain was thinking instead of putting yeah. comments in like, what was I smoking that day? <laughs> Honest, I have code that says stuff like that. <laughs> don't touch this. I don't know how it works. Just don't touch it. <laughs> it works. I don't know why. I don't know how. Just don't, don't touch. <laughs> hey, look at it. I go, what? Neg- negative, negative logic. What? What? Just don't touch it. Don't touch it. <laughs> Can I put a couple of things on the wish list? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, are we looking at getting custom responses from a rest triggered flow? We can. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can talk because right now it just outputs the same uh, basic response back to whoever called it, and and you know it'd be nice to put a custom payload on there and say, all right, Here. all right. So that's one, and then then okay. I would right. move further and further away from scripted REST APIs. Because then you don't necessarily need scripted REST APIs. You got custom input, custom output, custom processing in the middle. Oh, yeah. Do that all in flow. But we're missing that output piece. The other one is I find myself still writing business rules for those before Mm -hmm. operations. Mm -hmm. So if I Mm -hmm. update a record and I want something to happen before, like, hey, go out and find this related record because I'm going to put it in a reference field based on values from these other fields. And, you know, flow has to do that as two updates. First, you insert the record that triggers the flow, then you're updating the record. I'm going, ooh, right. that doesn't feel like a scalable solution to me. Um, wondering if there's some way we can do that all in one operation, like a, an, an insert yeah. record or something. We've, uh, that is something that we've been discussing internally on our team. Uh, it seems to come up every every release. And we talk with engineering, we talk with whether it's customer support or our outbound product success team, you know, it always comes up and it always kind of boils down to, do we need this right now or do we need something else right now? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know <laughs> limited resources, lots of enhancements. Yeah. I'm just thinking if we, if we ever want to kill before business rules, there's, <laughs> there's a need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly there's been real discussion about, Hey, we have business rules. We have flow designer. We have, we have workflow, you know, should we, should we merge it into to one um, or is the, the idea of merging everything together, you know, is the juice not worth the squeeze, you know, and that's, right. it's a discussion that we we're always having. Well, from a citizen developer standpoint, yes, we have, codeless business rules mm-hmm. but they're not available inside of AES so if we're trying to and I know AES has this grand vision of you know hopefully eventually taking over what Dev Studio is doing we're, we're mm-hmm. getting more and more feature capabilities as we go further down that road and it is a cleaner easier to understand user interface for those new low code no code citizen developer users so I I applaud the direction I'm just Figuring at some point we're going to have to answer that question too. What yeah, do we yeah, do with yeah. business rules? Yeah, well, we're we're not there yet, but it is uh, it, it's definitely something that we discuss and have had lots of conversations about. So, hopefully, you know, when we do this podcast next year in two years from now, <laughs> whenever the next one is, hopefully we'll have more updates for you. <laughs> Your team, I, I assume, works closely with the App Engine team and orchestrates that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. We we're we're pretty close with uh, a number of existing and, and new initiatives. So we're you know hand in hand with the good folks at App Engine Studio. Some exciting stuff coming. Some exciting stuff coming. All right, we this went longer than I thought it was. I thought we had like three features <laughs> to talk about, and we'd be done. But oh no! So if you have questions, dear listener, like sometimes I do, uh, Brian, let them know how they can get in touch with you. 
Sure. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I should be the only Brian Bimschlager on LinkedIn. Uh, so you'll, you'll find me pretty quick, provided you can spell my last name correctly. Uh, alternatively, feel free to shoot me an email, brian.bimschlager at servicenow.com or find me at Twitter, at Bimschlager. So happy to talk about all things flow designer, process automation designer. Uh, if, you, if you can automate it, I'm interested in it. So uh, feel free to get in touch. Thank you very much, Brian, for all the wonderful information. And thank you, dear listener, for hanging on with us through the whole thing and joining us here today. Stick around because we've got more. And if you want to find out where you can get more, you can go over to servicenow.com slash podcast or check in the community under the resources menu. We've got more podcasts for you. So check them out. And if you subscribe, you get them automatically delivered to you in your podcatching client of your choice. Mine show up on my iPad and my Android phone, and I don't have to do anything about it. If you want that and you have questions, let me know. Again, thank you so much, Brian, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. Hang on, I'm looking for my notes. Editing is a wonderful thing. It also makes for good clips on the outtakes. Flow, 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 flow. What do you want to do next? Save as template or flow diagrammer? Think, think, think. It's coming. It's coming. Excellent. And thank you very much. Thank you, dear listener. I'm going to try that again. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Who's up for wings and pizza? You know, I, I would, but unfortunately, I get the meeting grind for the rest of the day. <laughs>